Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Nintendo!
Ron Gian's offices in San Francisco. Welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of November 20th, 2014. I am your host, Jose Otero, and this is IGN's all-Nintendo podcast. Joining me this week are Pear Snyder and Brian Altano. Hello. Second week in a row. Wow. We've, we've had it's some... amazing. Some, yeah. Some, I don't know, conflicting schedules, changes. Yeah. People have been busy, man. Craziness. I, can, I mean, I can only get married once a month. This is true. Okay. So, I'll, yeah. But then Pear's been traveling a lot, too. I know yeah. Pear's been in New York a couple times. I've been flying around a lot. All right. But I'm here. Here we go. So let's then start with some news. Uh, apparently, wow, you said that like a ghost. Yeah, I did. <laughs> it's the holidays. No, is it good not. news? I, well, um, made it sound scary. Before I read some of these quotes, I do want to point folks to uh, head over to IGN.com because we do have some cool developer stories from Nintendo. Uh, more specifically, like last week, we talked to. Uh, Yabuki from uh, Mario Kart 8, the director on Mario Kart 8, and he gave some pretty cool answers about sort of developing the DLC, Nintendo's first foray into it, and you know some of the thinking behind how they put together the DLC pack that you heard us talk a lot about. We've been playing it. You already heard that part, but you should definitely check that out. But the stories I did want to talk about, excuse me, about uh, are about uh, Masahiro Sakurai and Smash Brothers, since we need to kind of close that out. So uh, let me ask you guys a question before I read this story. Do you, how do you guys feel about Ridley? Ridley has been a very often requested character for Smash Brothers. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how I feel about it. I'm curious how you guys feel about it. I mean, I love love Ridley. Ridley is a a really memorable boss, but Ridley has less of a, you know, Ridley doesn't have a soul to me. You know, it's like, it's this monster. It's this force of nature. Whereas, like, if you look at the Smash Brothers characters, all right, I'll take it back. Like, maybe Wii Fit Trainer doesn't really. But, um, you know, like, all the characters represented are kind of like your, you know, either your your kind of protagonist or an, an, an antagonist, a bad guy that you kind of understand what they're all about. Whereas, like, Ridley is kind What's of like... What's the motivation? Ridley is the monster, yeah. you know? Ridley has no personality. Yeah. Ridley is a giant purple dragon. Yeah, and so that that's that's like, I love... Sorry. That's I totally love, 80s, man. Yeah, <laughs> but I love that Ridley is in the game, right? Yeah. Like, that you, um, that you can, you know, beat up Ridley and have Ridley fight on your side. All that kind of stuff is cool. I can imagine how it'd be really tough to make an enemy at that scale work in the Smash Bros. Others kind of set up. Yeah, have and you so, fought on Pyrosphere against Ridley? Uh, in the Wii U version, that's a stage boss that'll show up. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, how'd you like that? Yeah, it, it's. I mean, I love, I love the look of it in in Smash Brothers too. You yeah, know, it looks really cool. It adds sure. an extra layer of chaos to to a battle, right? Because yeah. this thing shows up and then it's like, what? We have to fight this. It's so we big. We also have to fight each other. I, I think it's the best. It's the best solution for uh, the. I guess what he feels is necessary fan service to put Ridley in there in some capacity. I'm not personally wild about any of the stage bosses. I think it's like, I, and I'm a guy with the plays with items on and a, a yeah. assist trophies, all that. I want Smash as crazy as possible, but the stage bosses feel like a, a little much sometimes. Like okay. especially the Mega Man stage boss is just oh kind yellow of like, devil. It's like, dude, super annoying. Get out of the yeah. way. Yeah. You take this is you're making this all about you. <laughs> That's a problem to me. Uh, I think Ridley's cool. I, I understand why people want that in there, and I think it's mostly Ridley looks badass. I mean, it's sure. a cool looking. You called it a purple dragon, but it yeah. is a cool looking. Yeah, I was being reductive, thing. obviously, but yeah. uh, a cool. Yeah, that's reductive. A cool mm. looking pterodactyl thing. Yeah. Um, I think people mostly want it at this point because they haven't had it yet. 
Okay. And it's just a matter of every Smash Brothers is like, is this going to be the one? Is this going to be the one? When no one really knows if that's what they really want. It's just something they don't have. So yeah, I just wonder if it's just an echo chamber, like five that's kids it, that's are it. saying it. And well, then, but it's know, like, I mean, if you look at the characters represented, right? Like you've got Link and Ganon, you've got Mario and Bowser. So you're getting the antagonists in there as well. Sure. Like every memorable antagonist. And Ridley is kind of like the one that you see in almost every game, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could also say, Mother, I want Great yeah, or Mother Brain. You yeah. could say the same thing, but yeah. there is... That seems kind of like they don't really fit as well as, you know, as Ridley would. But then Ridley is just too big. (laughs) Well, it's funny you say that because that's what Sakurai said. So here's his quote. I definitely know that Ridley's a much-anticipated name for fans, but if we made Ridley as a fighter, it wouldn't be Ridley any longer. It'd have to be shrunk down or its wings reduced in size or be unable to fly around freely. He then went on to say, providing accurate portrayals of characters is something I want to pay ample attention to. If I don't stick to that thought... Then we'd have a lower, uh, we'd have to lower the quality or break the balance of the game. Something that goes way off spec could break the entire game. Uh, rather than go through the convoluted hocus pocus to make Ridley a fighter, he decided to keep Ridley, Ridley as it is, the correct way, and f- uh, basically like a force of nature, a truly threatening presence. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's good. I mean, you could argue that you could. You know, have SAX kind of Dark Samus like as a standalone character. Mm-hmm. If you wanted a a Metroid villain in there, yeah. like a, a Metroid can't punch, Metroid yeah. can't crawl, Metroid, Metroid can't, can't do, do anything. anything Samus right? punches. Well, I guess a Metroid Prime could <laughs> in yeah. some fashion, but like it's kind of hard to do any of the other Metroid series characters unless you use the Bounty Hunters, who sure. I thought were kind of lame. The Bounty Hunters in Metroid Prime Three were totally lame. You're yeah. absolutely right. They weren't memorable the in any way, shape, or form. No, they even, were even in Hunters yeah. or in Three. Corruption they were like three, American were, Gladiators. Each yeah. one with a different color. Remember yeah. the pink one? She was hideous. Yeah. So that's why I feel like there's so many other cool characters that you could pick before that. Ridley, I, I love Ridley as a yeah. as a stage boss or like a stage hazard. And sure, I think that's cool. Yeah, but I'm, I'm 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 okay with Ridley just being that. Yeah, you know? I think that's what. Uh, uh, like the only way to do that is that you do. It's like what he said. It wouldn't be Ridley anymore. Like you have like. You make up some big fake backstory about how there's a young Ridley or there's baby, baby Ridley? Ridley. Yeah, Bridley or something like that. <laughs> hey, it's Bridley. She's, you know, she's a baby and she so does backflips and stuff like that. She can't fly very well because if she does more than four flaps, she gets knocked off the stage. Now she fits in the Smash Brothers rule set. So a lot of people like to point out that in the original Nintendo Entertainment System title Metroid, Ridley is roughly the same size as Samus and yeah. then grew over time. As the sequels came about, Ridley was tiny. Yeah, wasn't all that big. That's yeah. true. That's but true. but regardless, um, sort but, of the the size changing, shape shifting. That's the answer he turned on. And I think the stage has the thing does work. Like as a stage boss, I like that stage <clears throat> boss ten times more than I like the me the me uh, find me stage boss that shows up and then there's yeah. like elemental colors and things happening on the mm-hmm. last one. Yeah. Like when Ridley shows up. You freaking notice, man. Yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, God, don't yeah. let it get to the side yeah. of the stage. It's going to suck on the energy sitting down there. And, 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 and look, like the, that whole stage looks amazing. It's one of the best-looking stages. It is one. It really yeah. looks really cool. And I think that, you know, my personal judgment against stage bosses I, aside, I think it's a really well-done rendition. I put Ridley in the same category as Ganon, actual Ganon, not Ganondorf, right? Yeah. Like, if you want to really do Ganon, and you could always argue, well, in Link to the Past, he was smaller and had a blue head, right? Like, But the Ganon that we now remember, <laughs> like the towering, Pig Inferno from like you know Ocarina of Time or like Twilight or, Princess or something or, you know uh, or Demise like those those feel really big and powerful mm-hmm. and like it would feel weird I think sure. as a playable okay cool it's, stage it's, like boss, say, it's like saying you want the Bowser from the end of 3D World that's like a 70 foot tall cat <laughs> <laughs> it's not meow. happening yeah, meow. <laughs> be, be happy with what you have which right. is which is like I don't know we're probably gonna talk about this too but I feel like that is the 
I, I don't even know how you make this game and then walk away and before it's even out, people are like, that's not enough. There are so there is so much of this game, and he announced that he's not going to do paid DLC yet, or maybe it was a very mm-hmm. nebulous quote. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. We will. But um, I, I, it's just a textbook example of of wanting wanting too much. Like people were mad at him that there aren't more characters planned, as if he can. It's it's basically you just you click a button, you drag and drop a new character into the game. Like there's so much that goes into making a character in a fighting game like this and balancing it. No, I, oh, I and totally it had to get ship that. in 2014. But, Let's and, talk how about many amiibos do I need to buy? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean you can understand that sentiment, right? Of like course. It's, uh, everybody wants. There's so many beloved characters that are not yet in the game. I mean, just look at Pokemon, right? Mm-hmm. Just how many Pokemon there are. And, like you just plus. fall in love with your starter Pokemon. Uh, even the water cut and uh, when you know like you just want to see all these great characters in the game and so I, I can see why people are passionate or frustrated and I totally get if you're saying I love Ridley I want Ridley as a playable character I totally get it it's a badass character yeah. I just like for me it, it would feel weird mm, I agree alright yeah. so other quotes from Sakurai this week uh, he talked about clones versus costumes so when we're talking about clones we're talking about like just as a context for you guys Marth versus Lucina, who are separate characters, versus like Bowser Jr. and the Koopalings. Or Pit versus Dark Pit, another example of clones versus just costumes. Um, So he said, he basically, this was the one part of his quote that I really thought was interesting. However, any character uh, which gains some uniqueness through the balancing needed to be separated so the results and statistics could be counted properly. It wouldn't have been fair to have the results counted together, even uh, though their strengths differ between the variations. So he was kind of focusing on how over time they made Marth a certain way. He decided, man, wouldn't it be cool if we spun off Lucina as a separate character, gave her a different attributes instead of the same ones as Marth. And so that's what led to two clone characters yeah. in that case. Um, so in the end, what was needed for each of these changes was to reduce the work required to balance the game. And then in some cases, you had Bowser Jr., which had had uh, multiple you know skins that you could mess around with. I, I love that approach. And I think that's, you know as I mentioned, like Dark Samus, like you could imagine that that could evol- evolve into a new character eventually, mm-hmm. right? Where they are able to just kind of change certain things about the character. Like, they can play with Samus's moves, but without ruining the character for everybody who loves it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they can introduce new moves. Just, yeah. you know, Which it's... they didn't do with Lucina, though. There's different properties involved with her moves. Yeah. Maybe she's stronger in some cases, or she doesn't have the tipper. Like, Mar's, yeah. the tip of Marth's blade is the strongest part of his sword, that kind of thing. Uh, but, I, but I wish he would do that, though. Like, I think some people want him to I, do that. They don't like when the movesets are the same. I like, think look they at will Ganon, over time, Ganondorf though. Ganondorf and Falcon, though. I always see that as a starting point, right? Like, yeah. as, as Brian said... Any character you add to this game can potentially break it. Yeah. Right? Like, we're not talking about characters that are equal, um, you know, or have slight stats differences. They have, some can jump multiple times and Mm -hmm. float. You know, others can, like, butt stomp or, like, rocket into the air. It's like, to balance this game is really hard. And look no further than PlayStation's attempt, like Sony's attempt at doing a game like this, right? Mm -hmm. Um, it's really hard to balance. And so I think they're always very cautious when they create a spin-off character. Yep. But I always see that as a stepping stone for, like, the next game you're going to see bigger differences. I, I think. I mean, that's the way to do it. Sure. Okay. Anything to add, Brian? No, I agree. Everything uh, paranailed it. Okay. So then uh, the last thing I want to talk about that we talked about with Sakurai was regarding how Smash Brothers shaped Amiibo. So I thought this was really interesting because when they first announced, first of all, when they first announced this F- NFC thing, I still remember, do you remember the meeting we had uh, the morning here at IGN? Yeah. Where I stood up in front of the whole room and I said, this has to be for Smash Brothers. This can be yep. for nothing else. Yep. This is going to be something tied to custom moves. Watch. <laughs> it's going to be a thing. I guarantee it. 
and then it happened. Uh, but what we did not know until we asked Sakurai, so we basically said, hey, when did this get introduced? When did Amiibo become part of this conversation? He said discussions began towards the end of development. That was surprising to hear. Uh, so he tells us that in an email interview. Um, I don't it think was Nintendo that, that brought up the topic first. Sorry, Brian. Uh, expressing amazing. a desire to use NFC-compatible figures across all forms of Nintendo content. Smash Brothers, as you know, is a game themed around figures, which also has a Nintendo All-Stars aspect to it. Wow. Look, you're, surprised. you're not surprised. I'm surprised. Okay, so look, I'm surprised look no further than the Link Amiibo, who is uh, one of the... <laughs> No, really. He's one of the he's one of the coolest looking uh, amiibos of the bunch, except for this giant yellow traffic cone thing. When you gotta go, you gotta go, man. Yeah, he's, he's peeing down the side of his leg. It's a big. It's a, it's like a giant yellow brick glued to his leg. Now, here's how you avoid that. In the design stage in Smash Brothers, you make his trophy standing firmly with both yeah. feet on the ground. Then you don't have to fix the mistake later in the toy production. But you're but you're reacting to the design, and we actually when you were out, we went through this um, with with Kohler about yeah. some of the some of the stances how they're odd, right? Like where they could have prevented having this this weird pillar Ice that coming out of that uh... Donkey Kong sits on by just having him sit on a rock or something, right? Yeah. But but no, what what this means is that they integrate the amiibos as a design into Smash Brothers that After laid. most of the yeah. design was completed, yes. which, which is surprising. So, but the question is now, is, does that just mean they, they said, all right, Sakurai, we're not going to bother you with this yet, but this is what we're going to do. We're going to introduce these toys and Smash Brothers is going to sell them. Or did they not yet know? Do you so think it was this a, was an email interview, we could not follow up and yeah. try to push a little more towards that answer. But what he talked about... Um, would suggest, and this is not, it, it seems like from Nintendo's point of view, it was more about, hey, because these figures work across multiple games, that's going to be the selling point. Smash is going to be the launch, but then the fact that they work with everything else is going to be the reason to pick them up. Okay. Which is strange to us because I think at one point we interpreted it as Smash was the reason to get these. You know what I mean? Like, we were yeah. all excited. And there is, there is one thing about the Amiibo, which you mentioned, right? It's like you can use these as unlocks to unlock costumes in a lot of games, but when you want to store data on it, it can only be with so one only game, one right? game talks to, oh, to reads and writes on Amiibo, and we learned that at E3. I remember you were in the room with me. I remember um, the other gentleman in the room was sort of breaking down, hey, an Amiibo footprint is so big, and he uses his pointer in his thumb, and they said a majority of it is dedicated to read and write data to Smash Brothers. Yeah. Meanwhile, the rest of the space that's on that ship is designed so that every any game that's compatible with it will say, okay, this is the Peach figure, this is the Yoshi figure, et cetera, et cetera, and then unlock a piece of content based on that. So No other game is writing so to these figures. Explain that to me then. So if I have a level 50 Mario amiibo in yes. Smash Brothers, yes. and I want to use that character in Super Mario Galaxy 3, do I wipe... I, I basically replace the data on it. So that depends on what Mario Galaxy 3's compatibility is with this line of figures. Okay. Or if Mario Galaxy 3 has its own set. If Mario, yeah. if they design, let's say in a fictional world, a new Nintendo game was coming out where they introduce a new line of figures. Those line of figures, that primary function would work with that title. 
And then the way they've had this architecture working is that any other game that supports those figures will just read information on it and unlock something. Got it. So, based but, on what so what I'm saying is, if I take that, if I take that Mario and I sort of wipe it to put new Galaxy data on it, I don't know if it would. It depends um, on it depends when on I bring it back to, to Smash that. Brothers. We'll be like, oh, that was your level 50 Mario, or is that gone forever? We don't. We don't know. That I don't think yet, we know right? that yet. That's a little too far the, out. Interesting. For us. The question yeah. is also. I mean, look at the Skylanders games, right? There are mm-hmm. multiple Skylanders games. They all talk to the same figures, and there's a share a share data set across the game. That's right. right. Like you could conceivably have uh, like the Smash Brothers level data ap- applied to another game. You could technically mm-hmm. do that, right? But we we just don't know at this point yet like how how varied the data will be that's stored on these or whether like we learned at E3 the read write aspect is genuinely just for one game for mm-hmm. each figure. So like yeah. I think they're just I mean, we can say what we know from E3. That doesn't mean that it's going to be true next year right. where they might use these differently. But they could be an entirely new line of characters too. Well, but I, I think, well, yeah, I think it's just interesting going back though to now to E3. I wonder what what you know when they showed the amiibos. I don't think it to worked. The world, yet. I think they knew what they wanted it to do, but I don't think it was actually designed. And that to me explains why we didn't scan a single figure at E3 into Smash Brothers. I thought that was strange. Like there was this big coming out party. Right, we had the nice big display in the middle of the Nintendo booth with all of the prototype figures. Did, in it. did Link have that pee on his leg? No, it? he didn't. He okay. had it was prototype. I mean, let, let's give them that. But sure. th- think about it. With Nintendo, everything is very hands-on, right? Like yeah. they let us see something, they tell us about something, and then they pull us to a room. Mm-hmm. For example, the year they had they announced Wii Fit, they had guys going into the next room, standing on that scale to try it out and doing yoga poses yep. and stuff. So it felt really odd to me that at E3 we didn't get that. Um, I forgot the messaging. Did they say it was for Smash Brothers at the time? At the time, or just said multiple games? They said, they said multiple Smash games at too, the time. Right? They said it'll start with Smash, but yeah. it's going to also work in Woolly World and in yep. a bunch of others. And then they've added support for two along the way, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse right. and Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, but do you think they knew that Smash was going to be the main driver game? I yeah. think so. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. that's the By other question is like when they came up with the concept of Amiibo, did they think more of Mario Party or a title like that, right? Like mm-hmm. or and maybe they went with Mario Party, yeah, or maybe more like a um, uh, what was it like Nintendo? Uh, what was the launch title for Wii U? Jesus, Nintendo Land. Yeah, Nintendo Land. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's Nintendo Land, right? That sounds too <laughs> normal. Um, no, but like maybe they maybe they had a concept for a game like that where mm-hmm. this would work, and then they said not big enough to sell the toys. Sure. Let's yeah. graft it onto Smash. I mean, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. I think importantly, like for folks, this is definitely Amiibo 1.0. I'm really curious to see what Amiibo 2.0 looks like. And what I mean by that is what is the next big game that launches an entire set of figures alongside it? And will it have multiple functionality and ability to read and write across a bunch of games and not just one? I think that's the big question hanging in the air. But when I look at what Amiibo is right now, and as I'm, you know, talking to you guys about this, I think this is really just for collectors. It's for the folks who really want to have these figures A and to unlock things in other games. Per, you brought up a a great point last week about the the book in Mario Kart 8, the stamp book, and how when you scan, you know, you see a check mark and you go, man, I need the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I need all those check marks. Mean. I want all the suits. So let, let's That's talk. About, let's for. talk about that part of it real quick, pair. Because you and I are sitting here, right? And in between us are ten amiibos. If you're watching this video, if you're just listening to the show, picture ten amiibos in front of Pear and I. Uh, very and a brap brap and, and a brap brap mug, which yeah. you can purchase. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I ordered the Mario amiibo. And then I ordered the Link one, and then I said, you know, I, I kind of want the Samus one too. So I, I ended up ordering three of them. Um, and then I started looking at more, and I was like, I really like the Villager. He's cool. And I was like, but Donkey Kong's great too. And then all of a sudden I said, you know what? I have half the set. 
And I was like, well, Fox is pretty cool. And then I started hearing things about retail exclusive Amiibos, uh, <laughs> scarcity of Amiibos. Some of them might be harder to get. Somebody said the Wii Fit Trainer might be the hardest one to get. There's going to be the most limited, you know, limited quantities of that. So I ordered her too. And then I said, you know what? I've ordered eight out of 12 of the first round now. Might as well finish the set. Wow, they so got I went, you. So I went and ordered the entire set of Amiibos, and I noticed today you and I were talking. We were looking at our Amazon shipments <laughs> for tomorrow. This is a, we get a lot of free stuff here at IGN. Publishers sent us games. We did get a full set of Amiibos for the office. They are they, for the these office. are not coming home with me. I personally, with my own money, bought an entire first wave of Amiibos, and then I saw the the pre-orders went up for the second wave. Yeah, and I started dipping into some of those too. Some I did all. Oh, so yeah. and, and yeah. this is so that now GM money. That's what I, that is. I have two questions for you, pair. Number one, where did you find fifty dollars? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number one, are you are, are do you insane? See, yes. Are you insane? Do you yeah. see yourself falling into this sort of debt? This well, <laughs> this 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 never-ending sort of hole. Are you going to buy every amiibo? Yeah. I am too. Yeah. I, I think that will happen. I'm committed. My, now, you have a home. You have a big house. He yeah. needs advice on how to talk to his wife about it. I have a, a one-bedroom apartment. I have to figure out a way to hide these things. You can always put them in your cubicle. I know, you know. There's like, no room. You can you can bring them to work. Oh, There's no, no room. The, the other people I work with don't deserve to experience the joy that I will get oh, from buying all I these see. personally. You can put it right above your bed, and they can, like, watch you okay. and judge so you. you. So you are going to buy mm-hmm. the full set. One. Uh, yes. Okay. I, I pre-ordered everything. What, what are you going to do if this gets like Skylanders crazy and they're like, hey, at Comic-Con 2017, there's a hundred of them at a booth and they're dipped in gold and they go for thousands of dollars each if you don't get them that day. Are you on a plane to go get them to fill, to, to fill out the set? Uh, you know what? If they like special ones where I have to jump through hoops, no. No. I, w- I would ask Jose. <laughs> Say, and I would get Jose, one for if you're going to Comic-Con, can you yeah. pick up the gold yeah. dip Pikachu? Well, it'll probably be me going to Comic-Con. Yeah. No, but no, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go to like super lengths to like stand in line mm-hmm. overnight sure. to pick one up. I would love one. Um, so, but like the retail exclusive ones, like I, I know I, I saw, I saw Shulk is GameStop yeah, exclusive. Is he really? I'll, I'll uh, lay these out. Meta, so Meta Knight is Best Buy exclusive. specific Wait. Amiibo. Meta Knight at Best Buy, Shulk at GameStop, and Lucario just announced for Toys R Us. Oh, what? This doesn't end. Okay, I'll have to. Not, I will go to all of <laughs> now those. Now we got it. I will go. I will go in person probably because, you know. All right. So, shipping costs. I don't so, make you know what? I'm gonna make that a pack. kind of money. Pair, I'm with you on this. Um, let's get the full set of these damn I love things. how you're trying to find a partner for a pack. I'll drive to you to Best Buy. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. Um, and, um, <laughs> so here's my second question. Now that you and I are sitting in front of 10 out of 12 mm-hmm. of the first wave, you're picking them up, you're playing with them, you're interacting with them. Are, do you have buyer's remorse? Are you happy? Like, are you, how They do you haven't feel? arrived yet. Don't, you can't, I don't know no, if but he's up, looking uh, at them, the right? buyer's remorse doesn't kick in until you got it, I think, or until the money gets well, taken out. Did no, the money I, get taken out of your account yet? It's gone, yeah. It's, it's gone. gone. Yeah. No, like I, I, I feel like from a gameplay perspective, I will have buyer's remorse. Yes. I will, I, very quickly, you know, I obviously leveled up my Mario Amiibo. I got, I got an, a Mario one before launch as well. And I have a hard time believing I'm going to do it for every one of no, the Amiibos. Yeah. It's just yeah. like there is too much. And maybe you're not supposed to do it that way. Mm-hmm. But as collectibles, I think they're fine. Okay. Yeah, especially I mean, like we talked about this, the cartoon characters look great. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I Villager totally looks with that. good. Yoshi looks good. Kirby, Pikachu, Mario actually looks good. Donkey Kong's I, I think yeah. really Donkey cool Kong's too. solid. I think Donkey Kong can take a trip across the room. It's like, just yeah. the, the diarrhea block is a little of, bit of a pity. He's it's, it's, um, nice. Link is weak. Yeah, Link is weak, and, and that Peach bums me weak. out. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I saw that uh, Toon Link's coming eventually, and that's Ooh, that's that makes me happy. Yeah. I'm very Ooh, I just got the what is that Nendoroid? What what are they called? The posable Wind Waker. 
Hyperlink just oh, came out. I got that one. Yeah. So good. I didn't get that. Oh, Those so came good. to the, so, we have one. We're gonna do an unboxing. Oh man! Yeah. I'm gonna do a uh, uh, public stealing on during <laughs> you that. Can. He's got he's got a little <laughs> floating You've done it before. He's got a little floating heart container oh, that's like translucent. That. That. He has the wind waker. But okay. no, I, I agree yeah. that anyway. some of these are a little questionable. Like the quality on um, like some Samus is just okay. Link is okay. Well, the let me ask you guys okay. this. Uh, okay, so let me ask you guys this. I've seen some folks online um, sort of tossing the idea out there. I'm holding off from buying these because I think they're gonna do a much an improved version of the same set. I don't agree with that. Um, I don't think that's happening at all. I don't know. I don't know if, like, I don't know how deep Nintendo's going to go with this. I mean, will we see variants? Will we see, like, Dark Link? Will we see, uh, like, the fusion suit uh, Samus? Like, I don't know where all this is going to go. No, like, you I, mean well, I interpreted it as as redone versions of this set you're looking at right sure. here. Well, I said that. some of these Well, these things, things. I here's don't the think thing. These things are twelve ninety nine each, well, right? With shipping and with Amazon tax, like, that's, like, almost 15 bucks. It'll, I, I do think it'll happen. I mean, like... I, first of all, I do think some will disappear quickly. Yeah, I think that the, I, agree with. I think Wii Fit Trainer there won't be that many. I bought one. Yeah, so Just if you're a collector, definitely get that one. Mm-hmm. I think I gotta believe P Stand Link will be phased out, and there'll be a different version, maybe with a yeah. clear one or have, something. Have you looked at the photos for Wave Three? Because in Wave Three, there are a lot more clear stands working there yeah. too. Yeah. Like you can tell that either they're paying attention to feedback or and watching. Ro- Rosalina's got uh, like the Luma Star is just straight up floating on a on a on a clear thing, and I think in the first wave they I, they would have put it on a on a bright purple rectangle. Yeah. So I think it, it really depends on how well they sell. If like all the links sell out in the Mario's, I do think like you'll see a wave two where there's subtle. Differences. I don't think they'll have a different stand, like no. a different coin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or anything. Maybe the stand but, goes clear. I mean, like, like it should have been. If, if you, I mean, I, I own probably probably like eight different N64s over the years, and like each each version is slightly different. Like okay. they made changes inside to the outside to the plastic. Yeah. Like they constantly evolve their product. Not just Nintendo, but other companies sure. too. Constantly evolve their product, and you see that with Skylanders too. You saw that back in the days with Kenner action figures, where like. Uh, there was a you know a Luke with a lightsaber that you can push out from the arm. Then there was one where he's holding the so- the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. You know, like they keep on updating them slightly to kids. It doesn't make a difference, but collectors go crazy, of course. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, are you going to display these things? We need, so I was going to ask you. We need a display case in the office. I think this would be really cool. We have a glass display. Don't we no. have like two? Where you need a third one? We got the one no, with yeah. all the consoles and yeah, maybe one by where like the arcades are. Okay. Yeah. Right. Not the arcades in the kitchen. The ones uh, there's some pong machine or some ancient thing over there where that, we had lunch today. You know that's that's great, guys. I know that really helps my situation yeah. at home. It doesn't. Yeah. So. Good luck talking to. Hey, you, have you thought about this? It's called a shelf. Just a regular like shelf. You go to IKEA, you buy a shelf. Like they has like, a funny you, name like Klaktu or why, something, why and you put you, it on your wall. Why are you putting okay, that I shelf do that. there? I don't want that there. <laughs> well, what about what about a shelf that had individual compartments? Where every guy gets his own oh, thing. No, oh, no, that's, that's, that's pushing it. That's it, pushing I know. Yeah. I know. I just got Why don't you get her one as a gift? Stuff. Yeah. Why don't you get her one as a gift? She's not going to be. This is a tough sell. Okay, the shelf thing. The, the especially if I give it to her, that's going to be no. It's not going to work. See, my like I. My wife also gets a little irritated at all the stuff that pops up. Like, there's a full-sized, like, Lego Death Star, for example, right? Like, and then there's a blast. There's the portal gun. There's, you know, <laughs> now there's a Jawa Sandcrawler Lego one, too. Yeah. And I've got all the, I've got, like, you know, the the first four figures. I've got the big ones, like Link on Epona, yeah, uh, all that yeah. kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. We're out of room, too. She's just got to make more room. Yeah. Like, there's things of hers that can easily go in the garage. <laughs> 
Okay. You know, I was talking about that with Jose actually. <laughs> Look, he's actually thinking about it. No, there's this there's this like set of wine glasses that we never use. There you and go. I said I, told him I said to, to, to my wife, you. you know, I'm like, well, we never use these, and you know, am- amiibos at least work across multiple I, games. I totally move things away, and she doesn't realize until like a month later. She's like, where did that clock go? I'm like, ah, clock smock. <laughs> That's so, Samus. <clears throat> so just to just to drive us back a little towards amiibo, I do want to ask you guys: Do you think uh, it feels like this was a risky move to get these out on time? For the holiday, that's how I feel about Amiibo. Think right it's now. Risky? I feel like I do think it was risky um, to some extent. Well, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I don't think it's. I, I want to ask you guys: How do you guys see this selling well or not? Well, where this are holiday? these? So, like, I haven't seen. They come the, out tomorrow. tomorrow. Sure, I know, but I haven't seen like the, what the Toys R Us display looks uh, like. Yeah. Have I you haven't been seen to what, Toys R Us. No, that's why you haven't seen. If, it. I, walk, <laughs> if I walk past the Toys R Us, I get arrested. <laughs> you look at me, man. I've been shaving like a week. Yeah, I'm totally going to a Toys R Us tomorrow. I'm the Which one? Do they have that shark? Uh, no. Well, not yet. He's not yet. Oh, not yeah, yet. February. So I don't have to go he yet. He's ready to go, but I should. I was ready going. I, I, I just got gas for the car just now. Yeah. When we're you talking. can buy these things online. No, but that's different. He doesn't like shipping. <laughs> I don't like shipping. Why? Well, on Amazon, I get it for free for the fee of Amazon Prime. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, so you'd so rather get in your car and drive their toys. So it's on the way home. They're right next to Let me ring you guys back in. So Push does, a kid does, out does, of this, does this perform well this holiday? Yes or no? What do you guys think? I, I, it will when do I well. say yes. risky, I, I just mean that from the perspective of in Smash Brothers, it doesn't feel like an essential piece of it. It feels like th- these figures are basically paid DLC. It's you're a, paying twelve ninety nine for a figure that you're going to get that it's going to do things across multiple games. And as long as you're okay with that, you're going to enjoy it. It's I a think Trojan that's horse. how I feel about it. Yeah, it's it is less, a horse it's less of an element as Skylanders. Like Skylanders is very much about I'm in front of a door, now I need a water type, I'm gonna switch out my Skylander and like Which yeah. is extortion. It, I just it, it to is say. totally like it, <laughs> it is, but it has this it has this moment of like activity where you gotta you gotta go like, ooh, I have a water type and like you, you and actually you get, Well and the portal thing's supposed to make you feel cool, right? Like yeah. and then it lights up and it appears in the game and it's like a little bit of magic happening, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that definitely doesn't happen with these. No yet. Well it's, so so there's there's a triangle here, right? There are hardcore Smash players who will ignore this completely because it's it, it it's it adds no significant value. I think they're to gonna test the, I think some of them. Are I think the limits I don't of think it. they will. Come on, every hardcore Smash player is gonna get their favorite character at least, don't you? Maybe, think? yeah, I think so. I think maybe eventually, and you I might agree with you that. might buy one. Then you have collectors like crazy people like us who yeah. just want to buy them. Then you have. Children who are part us and part <laughs> oh you mean our children totally, like genetically they're yeah, part us they're part us yeah well you have children who are part like collector because they want them all they have that because yeah. they don't understand money um, and but they're also uh, ignorant and they might think that these things are essential to unlock characters and, and stuff like that. that's the discussion I'm trying to have, so, right? Like, I just don't Christmas, feel yeah. they're essential to any of the games they're in, but when you buy them, as long as you're on board with this idea of yeah. getting content across multiple games, I think that's the essential part. So you kids, take, don't, kids don't think that way, though. They, they, don't. Don't, they don't look at a product and say, I need it because of this. They they say, I need it because I need it. Because right? I, yeah. I need it, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take... You take that's Brian, how we did it. You take Brian Altano, age 7 to 12... Uh, and you put him in this year. How is know. he different from the one sitting in front of me He's right now? Less, <laughs> less, yeah, less less stubble. Um, my Christmas list would have been Smash Brothers, the GameCube controller adapters, two GameCube controllers. And by the way, $150 and, on Amiibo. And every Amiibo. Mm-hmm. That would have been my Christmas list, and it would just been a bunch of check marks, you know? Because, okay. I mean, I... I I, I don't I don't I don't I don't I don't really see the way like Skylanders is different because I don't think there's like there's there isn't like a big like deep history to a lot of those characters and I know there isn't one to We Fit Trainer but We Fit Trainer is uh, lucky by association by being in the lineup with these characters. Here. It's like a joke. I feel like it's almost like. 
they're, they were having some fun with that character, yeah. like well, having that character as an amiibo. Well, let's be fair. Again, these were brought into the discussion after most of the design had been chosen. So yeah. how would it look if they had picked and choosed different or characters, chosen. chosen different characters from the 51 that are available in the game? Are there 51? Do, there's 51 if you count Mii Fighter all three times because wow. Mii Fighter has three variants. And that's Brawler, not even counting Fighter, the costumes. Gunner. That's not even, Well, you know? I don't think they're counting the costumes, but what? that might be the... the Naked Shulk? Come on. Mm-hmm. Okay, but New more Shulk. importantly, that's why We Fit Trainer Amiibo exists. It's because by the time they talked to Sakurai about it, there was nothing they could do about it, in my opinion. That's why it's here. Well, so. it's also, I think you you throw uh, you throw We Fit Trainer in the in the first wave because of people like Paranai are going to be like, well, we're buying the whole set, so I'm buying We Fit Trainer. If you start top-heavy with all the best characters in the game, then by the time you get to wave three, like... You, there's no reason to buy well, and them also, all. like, We Fit Trainer does work in Hyrule Warriors. It potentially might work in Captain Toad. Like, we don't know. Hyrule Warriors, every single figure unlocks something. Now, mm-hmm. I've talked about how I'd, I'm not crazy about it. Like, once a day, if you scan one of these in, you get a special something. You once get a, a day? Once a day. You get a, a weapon or an Ooh, item or I something. Know that. Every day is Christmas with Amiibo and Hyrule Warriors, apparently. At least that so was my understanding it, That's of different it. from Mario Kart, right? Where it's <clears> like a stamp book. Like, you go, you yes. scan it once, it goes, boom, and it unlocks that costume forever. Yeah. Can I can I use the same amiibo on my friends with you and unlock yeah, the costumes there? Right. In so, fact, I use the whole work set to unlock all the costumes in mine. Yeah. So that's that's cool. Yeah. I think that's nice. So yeah. I'm gonna they visit the one on the office. There'll too. be like like amiibo Santa Clauses that visit all the children with Wii U's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually curious to hear from some of our our listeners, like if they are end viewers, if they there's anybody out there who's going to buy Smash Brothers on the Wii U but is not going to buy a single amiibo. That if, sounds like a question of the week. Or vice versa. We haven't done this in a while. You Why guys not? should should let us know and send us an email at nvc at I, IGN.com. I, I'd be curious if there are people who are just buying Amiibos but have no interest in Smash because I think wow. that's part of it too. I mean, this is people have been wanting these like high-quality Nintendo figurines for a long time, and we okay. haven't really gotten them. You know? We've gotten some kind of what janky. What about high-quality-ish? High-quality-ish is, is good enough right now. Okay. I think Mario is very high-quality. I, I think... So- I he's, think the they, best, he's one of the best ones. I think they yeah. did a great job yeah. with him. Mario's really um, good. And also, personally, if you know a good storage system for these things, maybe you have some Skylanders at home or something I'm going to get you a lunch pail. Tweet it at me. I'm not, I don't want a lunch pail. I don't want a <laughs> carrying case. Go to my friend's house. I want something nice to organize them on my desk. You don't want I a want tackle s- box so you I can want take them with you? <laughs> I want someone to turn your little Amigo Photoshop joke into a lunch into pail. Into a real thing? That would be great. That'll be your carrying case. That would be great. That would be all with the little uh, racist salsa peppers on the side. No, I, I want to line these up on my <laughs> desk at home somehow and like a nice little shelf so I'll all right it so, so uh, i've never met a racist salsa pepper no I'm intrigued. I, yeah. that's a fun story a side story in and of itself all right so we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back uh we're gonna talk about the question block
Welcome back. Jose Otero here with Per Schneider and Brian Altano. What's up? So it's time for the question block, a bi-weekly segment. Although you got a little taste of it last week. Per is with us this week, so we decided to have it. You know how it works, people. Four minutes. Your questions. Let's start with the first one from Peter Nagy, who says, Hey, guys, and possibly gal. No gal this week. Um... <clears throat> Like you, I am really excited to see where the Metroid franchise will go on 3DS and Wii U. But, truthfully, all I want is one thing. Samus Aran exploring space, strange hostile planets, and kicking alien butt. This is That was censored. This is what comes to mind when I think Metroid. What I really don't want is Ridley, Space Pirates, and even, yes, Metroids. I think this series can go in so many directions. After all, space is vast. And Metroid really needs to explore that. How do you feel about this? I know the series is called Metroid, but would anyone really miss them if they and the usual cast weren't there? Who wants to go first? Metroids we- without Metroid. That's a weird question. Like, weird. I feel like, you know, it's like, you sure... Prometheus was alien without the alien. Well, spoilers, maybe not. Um, <laughs> but, like, you could absolutely have a Metroid game that had Samus and no Metroids. And people, you know, remember half the audience thinks Samus's name is Metroid, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I love that concept. And even if she just has one in a jar with her that is her power-up and she can, like, unleash it as a smart bomb in battle or something like sure. that, I still kind of like that they have the roots in there. Yeah. Because that was a cool story, you know? I think it's a signature part of the series for sure. I'm not sure if it needs to reappear as an enemy. And mm-hmm. I know where they left off uh, Metroid Fusion is that she is part Metroid mm-hmm. at the end of that game. She has been like genetically changed. Her suit is very different. Her entire makeup is very different. And they leave it very open as to what her fate is. Mm-hmm. Like You yeah. don't know yeah. if she was embraced with welcome arms when she went back to the Federation or not. Welcome. It's just very open. Yeah, <laughs> good job. Um <laughs> But I do think Metroids need to be there. I, I just think it's a signature part of that series. I think Ridley might not have to. I think uh, at this point, Other M kind of proved that the Ridley fight, as cool as it is, is getting tired yeah. because they're running out of ways to kind of spin it every time. Yeah. That's like, you know, that you can have you can have a Zelda game without Ganon, too, I feel like. That's, yeah. that's totally fine. It doesn't always have to be the, the same enemy, and it mixes things up. And well, then it makes the encounter much more special when, when he returns, yeah. right? And so you could absolutely leave out Ridley for yeah, a few Yeah, well, and they, they've had two, uh, at yeah. least two Zelda games without Ganon. There was the Game mm-hmm. Boy game, right? Uh, the one with Zant. And, yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I'm talking, well, yeah, you're talking about, I think you meant the, no, I'm talking that's about the one with the Windfish. Link's Awakening. The, yeah, Link's yeah, Awakening. Yeah. Majora's Mask. Minish Cap. Minish Cap did not have cannon. Although that one was a little weak. The Zati was not. Did Twilight Princess have cannon? Am I crazy? Uh, oh, Twilight yeah. Princess totally had a lot of Ganon. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and Wind Waker did too. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cornrows Ganon, yeah. practically. Yep. Yeah. That's right. What do you think? Um, I just want a Metroid game. So if that's the sacrifice we need to have, then I'm okay with that. Because if we have a Metroid game with no Metroids, then that's fine. That we haven't had a Metroid game in what five years? Yeah. So if they came out and they're just like, hey, here's this new game. She fights different weird aliens. I'd be like, I don't care. Give it to me. I like my Metroid in a jar idea. So I think Halo skirts this problem, (laughs) right? For Halo, the flood became a... I choose you. (laughs) She's like petting it. Sorry. No, it's okay. I I wanted to let you guys finish that. Um, (laughs) No, but think about it. Halo kind of avoids this entire problem because every Halo game doesn't need the flood. They finally learned that, right? With ODST, there was... Was there flood in ODST? I forget. No, there wasn't. Well, there wasn't a Halo in it. Well, no, no, no. But then go to Halo 4. There was a Halo in that. There was no 
flood in Halo 4. Like, they're able to go around it because it's really more about the Master Chief and it's really more about but the But the Halo is the conflict. big device, right? It is. is. the big ring. Yes. That wasn't in every game, was it? Uh, everyone but ODST. ODST, ODST didn't okay. have one, to my knowledge. I could be overlooking one of them, but I'm pretty but, sure. But honestly, if there wasn't a Halo ring in one of those games, probably nobody would notice for a no. while. And then you're like, oh, wait a second. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. no ring. Okay. Yeah. What you, about you this? Totally ex- do it. What about exploring space? Is that something you want in Metroid or not? I'm not yeah, sure if I want that. Um, I, I mean, I love the concept of games that actually gives you the freedom to explore. And like most famously, you know, the the Tie Fighter and X Wing games back in the old days, Elite. Um, you know, there were a couple of uh, games, Star Raiders, like in, in the old days, that really felt like now you're going into space. And like Interstellar, the movie just opened, right? Like it has this wonderful sense of exploration and seeing new worlds. I really dig that concept. Um, the question is if they could do it well. Like the ship scenes in uh, in Metroid Prime Three, right? They were it was cool to have like her like pilot her ship a little bit and like get the sense that the universe is vast outside of just a, a cutscene of a spaceship landing. But it wasn't done really well. Yeah. And that kind of game is really hard to pull off, like okay. free free flight and all that. Got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Next question comes yeah. from uh, this user's name is Retro Joe. Hi guys, I just wanted to know what you thought. Uh, <clears throat> what you thought? Thought. Uh, sorry, there's some weird grammar here. I just want to know what you thought of Pokemon Alpha, <laughs> Alpha Sapphire, and Omega Ruby getting a 7.8 for too much water and too many HMs when uh-huh. the original games got a 9.5. And had the same amount of water and HMs. I thought that the review should have focused more on new features and less on stuff that was exactly the same as the original games. I thought the secret bases and contests should have been talked about, and I would like to know if the frame rate was fixed from X and Y. Thanks. So, uh, Retro Joe. First of all, I want to point out um, that in terms of a deeper Pokemon discussion, we're going to have one hopefully next week. So stay tuned for... Part of your questions will be answered there. But in terms of the 7.8, how we how do we feel about that? I feel it was the reviewer's opinion, first yeah. of all, and she's entitled to that. And, and she, she is it up in text. She is an expert at the game. She I knows mean, it. Callie has played, I, I got to think she's played every Pokemon book in the uh, Pokemon game in the, book. game in the book so far. But um, her criticism is, you know, and like people jumped on and created a meme like with too much water, and it's funny, funny for a while until it's not anymore. Until today. But like her criticism was in the review, and it talked about, you know, that it can be really tedious to traverse water in the game, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, we talked about whether sore, you know, the addition of sore at the uh, in the game fixes it, but it doesn't because yeah. it comes really late. And so the tedium of navigating the water is still there. And none of us, I think, liked it in the original game either, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the over reliance on Pokemon on, of on well, water Pokemon is the other one, what right? What makes the water hard hard to deal with is because of random random battle, and unless mm-hmm. you're using like repel every two seconds, which uh, in the older Pokemon games it wasn't possible to chain the use of repel. Yep. Where in the X and Y you can. There's just a prompt that says, "Hey, repel just ran out. Do you want to use another one?" Yes. I don't know how that alters it, and you know. Truth be told, I'm only three hours in, so I can't say much. Uh, Do I like the opening so far? Yes. Do I have a ton of experience with the GBA games? No. Was water a criticism of those games? Yes, there was. There was just. It was kind of a hurdle for some folks to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. And it's. Uh, it's. You know, like with the remake. You know, addressing the the difference between the original review and the review now is years have passed. Yeah. Pokemon games have evolved, and you're dealing with a reviewer. I evolved. Yeah, I like uh-huh. what you did there. You got a different reviewer. 
who didn't review the original, but you also have a reviewer who's played the original and who's come a long way since then. And so the things that games, you know, introduced a long time ago, whether it like be lock-on controls or camera controls or jumping or or quests, everything has changed now. And it's sometimes hard to go back to a game. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. If you play Tomb Raider now and you hang from a ledge and you come the to the edge. Tomb Raider or yeah, the, yeah, the, the original. The you come to the edge of a ledge and there's clearly another ledge there that Lara can, can reach but you can't in the old game, right? And then you remake that exact game, it will bother you. Like mm-hmm. you can say, I love the nostalgia, I love playing this again, but you cannot say that you love the limitations. Sure. And so I think it's absolutely fair for a game released at, you know, basically f- its full price for 3DS yeah. to say, I wish they had fixed some of the problems that ha- that we all knew were problems and for so many And it seems like years. Soar was an opportunity to do that, the ability to sort of fly through the overworld, but from talking to Callie, that doesn't get yeah. introduced until much later in the game. And by that point, I... I have to say, if that's how that if that's how that works, if water bothered bothered me to that extent, I think that makes total sense as valid criticism. Great example, Wind Waker, right? Loved the game when it came out. Did not love the Triforce Shard quest, and I actually played both. The one in the original Japanese version, which was even crazier, mm-hmm. where it didn't mark anything on your maps after you had collected them. So you're like, wait, did I get this shard? Or oh, did really? I? Yeah, yeah. It was even harder. So yeah. they changed Remember, it for the, the Japanese US version. version. Was yeah, point zero beta, like and, for some games. And by the way, Majora's mask had a terrible save system in the original Japanese version. It was far worse than the US version too. And so all those things have been addressed over the years and the new Wind Waker re-release actually adds the the fast sail, right? You can sail to places faster. Great additions that make a game better. Okay. Yeah, and this game, I feel like that's a missed opportunity that they didn't address some of those things. It can be, for sure. If I love Fire Pokemon, is it really fair that the game basically says, sorry, you're on an island and now you're screwed? Yeah, Mm -hmm. and you're going to deal with the Mm -hmm. water. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So yes, uh, Retro Joe and anyone else who's interested in this topic, please stay tuned. Hopefully next week we'll have our Pokemon plan in place and you'll hear a deeper discussion about it on the podcast. Wow. Look that at that, right man. Time. That, that is that amazing timing. And yeah. I had so much to say about that subject, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you did? No. Okay, yeah, that's why I figured a, you didn't want to say much. It's a really good discussion. I mean, I'm looking forward to it because, like, yeah. everybody's enjoyment of the game is going to differ depending on whether they perceive, like, basically what Pokemon, Pokemon they choose and yeah. whether they perceived it to be a problem in the first place. Absolutely, right? yeah. All right, so our next question comes from Logan, and he says... Mike, uh, by the way, he, he wrote a couple of words before this saying, you know, he really likes the show. I just wanted you guys to know that. I don't include it when I print these out because I'm trying to just get through them. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah, so thanks, Logan. Good name, Logan. Yes. So uh, my question is, what is your problem with the Mario Party series? Uh, it does exactly what it's supposed to do and usually pretty perfectly. I go back and play Mario Party 1, 2, 3, 8, and 9 pretty frequently and still have a great time every single time. You know exactly what you're getting yourself into when you play Mario Party, and that is uh, kind of what I love about it. You get the cookie-cutter mini-games that are always a crapshoot, a decent fun board game, and 20 turns of random events going on. It feels like they – it just feels like playing a board game, which is the point, uh, with the added fun of crazy mini-games to break up the, the rolling. Okay, I guess. If you disagree, please let me know what kind of stuff you think would make the Mario Party experience that much better. I'd love to hear your ideas. Thank you, Logan. I have a lot you of opinions on this. You two are Mario Party yeah. experts, so I'm sitting this one out. Yeah. So I, I, I played 
hours and hours of the Mario Party games, and I did enjoy them a lot. Like Me too. Back in the Me days, too. loved them. Was always aware of their shortcomings, though. Namely, waiting for a long time for characters to do anything, and they got better and better over the years. What would fix them? Have all characters roll at the same time. Yeah. And all the characters move at the same time. So you don't have this character moves, lands on a field, gets the thing, lifts his arm, turns left, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and like it takes so long for everybody to play in a round because the mini games are often awesome. Like there's, yeah. there's so many clever little mini games. I remember a puzzle game that could have been a standalone release. You've got all the crazy like pumping up stuff games or like balancing on balls where like you – that sounds weird. You knock like one guy, guy out of the arena. That stuff – like much fun is to be had, not just with kids, but with grown ups sitting around a, a around a TV. I totally agree. I had a lot of really good times with the, uh, the the first few Mario Party games, and I feel like my problem with them is a. You touched on it, the pacing. It's just mm-hmm. all over the place. Like it, it, you have these very short mini games, and then you have a long time between everything, which is kind of like the way a board game is. I understand that, but my, I think my main problem with the series is you know, despite how slow they are, I really wish they were faster, and they've gotten better with that like you said Mm -hmm. still not there my main problem is that sort of uh it's not the random element of things that happen while you're playing it it's that random element of things that happen when you're done when you finish a game of mario party they go well brian you won every mini game you got the most stars you have five stars jose you lost every mini Uh game so we're giving you a star also you landed on arbitrarily the most green spaces so you get a star uh, while Luigi's gonna just take a star from me, cause what the hell? Wow. And here's three free stars for pair, but for good luck. And all of a sudden, we're all tied, and we go into a mini game. I don't balance on the ball, and I lose. And I'm like, but I dominated this entire game. So when I get that, that's for children. It's for everybody yeah. to feel like there's a chance. But I feel like there's so many times I've gotten to the end of a game of Mario uh, Party only to have the rug yanked out from under under me, even if I was totally awesome the entire time. I, I thought about that issue, and like, obviously, we know why they do this, right? They want you to have fun till the last minute because yeah. what's wor- the worst thing that can happen is you have five stars everybody else has zero and sure. they have ten turns to go and it's just like is it still fun to play it if you have no- if you have no chance to get out of the hole right and that's where I think it's pretty clever that they do that but it does feel like arbitrary it's like it's like you know it's kids classes like everybody's a winner yeah. you will get it get an award for having green pants Mario you, know? you see how it is when you're playing Monopoly <laughs> when you're playing Monopoly with two people and one of them becomes the yeah. richest person in the world and the other person becomes basically like a deadbeat on unemployment and you're yeah. it's just like hey man I'll give you I'll give you all my money just here take all my property and then you you give that guy your last $20 and he goes one more time around and he gets 50 bucks and it's hard it's really hard to watch yeah. it's, it's difficult um, so Mario Party does circumvent that but I feel like towards the end it just starts doling out free stars for everybody it's not well tweaked and the, the series has not evolved as well as other Nintendo series like it it was farmed out to Hudson for the longest time right yeah. now it's a new developer on it and it just it, it has treaded water and not really evolved and like sometimes the gimmicks that use the special controllers are a little bit too much. Yeah, you know, where you have yeah. to hand off the Wii U pad to do something. It's like it just needs to be tweaked, and it needs somebody needs to sit down and say like, "All right, when the person doesn't hit the A button to go to the next player, there's a countdown of three seconds, and it's gonna do it by itself." Because yeah. it always happens that either somebody somebody's slow, and everybody's like, "Hit the button," yeah. you know, like yeah. there are so many frustrations, and I don't understand how the designers I, don't spot them. I want the production value yeah. that they put into Smash Brothers and Mario Kart like make it polished yeah
Our timing is impeccable today. Yeah, we're doing pretty good yeah. this week. But I, I do, say. I do like those games. I, I think they're also the victim of too many games. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's like Guitar Hero. Like after a while, <clears throat> it's not special anymore. Mm-hmm. All right, this next one is really interesting. Um, user handle though. Uh, I hope I don't botch this. Drowning in Brownings. Nice. That's the user handle. Nice job. Uh, any review, any review scores you regret, either too positive or too negative. Thanks for this awesome well, podcast. Pear oh. has a dozen. I have two. You should have given me a heads up. I would have looked nope, up some. Nope. You got to think about it. It's on the fly. You're not that old. Uh, so um, I reviewed uh, Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks for GameSpy, and I gave it a 4.5 out of 5, and I don't think it's that good. Spirit Tracks? Spirit Tracks. Yeah, I think that I I was I was I think I was too nice to that game because it was Zelda and it was new and it was great and it fixed a lot of the problems that Phantom Hourglass uh, had, uh, mostly that that main. Uh, temple you keep coming back to they circumvented that so sure. you weren't backtracking constantly okay. but I feel like that was it's got the weakest overworld of any Zelda game ever made it does in, in that there's not much going on and it is on rails I do love the dungeons of that game though those They're dungeons great. were my favorite They're dungeons they really I mean, good what would you have given it like let's let's go back like would you go three and a half would you go probably four probably three and a half you think yeah. so yeah and I, th- I think the characters are great the art was awesome I think the dungeons are great the boss fights are really fun yeah, and but that Zelda overworld having was... an actual role even though she's kind of the it dead spirit cool. girl yeah. yeah it was very cool was to actually nice. make her like as a playable character the really smart puzzles but I think that like um that was once once you got to the front door of where you were going, it was great. But the overworld itself was completely empty, and navigating it was really cumbersome. Okay. That train was awful. So my my two um, are Uncharted three and Halo four, what and it was Uncharted both the 3? same problem. So this was on at oneup.com, which had letter grades and not yeah. numbered scoring. So it was A plus to F. And obviously it was D minus and then F. Uh, although D minus was considered the gentleman's F, uh, at least you know quietly among us. But I gave both of those games an A minus. And at the time, um, in hindsight, I, there were certain red flags in my mind that I think about to this day. Uh, not to this day, but when I look back on those games. Like for example, in Uncharted Three, how there was sort of this emphasis on uh, this sort of this truth serum and and, and who do you trust and, yeah. and all that stuff, but it never made sense. Like at one point, I remember one character gets injected and he's basically a ticking time bomb until he becomes you know one of their people, and it just made no sense. And yeah, you know, in hindsight, dumb. I was like, this is narratively weak. Like I, yeah. especially for an Uncharted, um, and even though I did like the combat, I did start to wear uh, on it a lot. You know, and my review didn't reflect that really. So you thought so Uncharted Three was just way be- way worse than a than but a then minus. two. Yeah, it yeah. was way, it was uh, worse. Two than is a so exceptionally good. Yeah, it I is. really think that's yeah. the ten in the series. And then mm-hmm. Halo Four, um, I wish I would have been harder on because of multiplayer. Because at the time, it was jarring to me that Halo was trying so hard to be Call of Duty from the mm-hmm. multiplayer side, and it just felt so crazy to me that that happened. Yeah. Right? Halo was a pillar of the FP of the multiplayer FPS console business. Yeah, and here it is playing also ran uh-huh. it made no sense to me and i still overlooked that because the campaign i thought was that strong and honestly multiplayer was a bigger part of halo so in hindsight i also would have went lower with that one gotcha mm. yeah, yeah. They, they're like i think um banjo tui i don't I, it's tough in my mind because uh, matt and my reviews blend together i'm not sure which games i reviewed um after all these years but i think banjo tui we gave to a high overscore i really love banjo kazooie going back banjo tui was rated too high i didn't re- review donkey kong 64 i thought that was that is not such a great game i've talked about that at length i gave um i gave fairly moderate great scores to smash brothers and mario kart 64 
And like Mario Kart 64, I think I give an 8-1. Smash Brothers, I give an 8-5, the original one. I think Smash Brothers is probably the right score because the original N64 game was very limited yeah, it and was. had some challenges. It did. But with Mario Kart, like that's the game I kept on playing. Like we kept playing battle mode for such a long time. And like in hindsight, like when whenever a game hooks you like that, yeah. despite its flaws, I think it could have deserved a higher score. I'm yeah. actually very surprised when I see people kind of retroactively look at Mario Kart 64 like it was a really bad game. Cause I was, I, I was the same way. I played tons of that game. Yeah. Hundreds of hours of that game. All as right. long as we can agree that uh, Double Dash was definitely a 7.8, then I'm good no, with that. No, we do 7. not 9? agree on that at all. 7.9, 7. 7. 9, 9, yeah. yeah totally no, was. it was not. No. Totally I would have gone a 5, maybe higher. He loves Double Dash. Yeah, Double Dash was good. You need to step off. I would have gone with the 6. Right now. Wow. All right, I'm going to mute your mic. So, <laughs> we have two more questions and then we're out of here, guys. All right. Uh, so, next one comes from Daniel. Daniel's on. <clears throat> yes. Seeing how Nintendo has several game franchises that have been left untouched or not used frequently. For example, Custom Robo, Earthbound, Sin and Punishment. Do you guys think that in the future it might come to a point where Nintendo lets indie developers handle some spinoffs? Thinking theoretically, what franchise spinoff would you like to see from an indie developer? Personally, I know it's impossible, but I would love to see Metroid uh, Metroid spinoff uh, from Supergiant Games, the creators of Bastion and Transistor. Thanks for reading my question email. Keep up the great work with MVC. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Daniel. So, indie. Uh, so, this is weird, though, because there's independent developers and there's indies, the guys who are working out of their garage and trying yeah, to yeah. basically self-fund a game for the most part. Um, I think he means indies. Well, I, I mean, it's... It's hard. Yeah, no, I know. I think he's looking for, for independent developers who aren't, like, the big studios, right? Okay, like, fine. Um, I mean, the the one thing about indies is a lot of them are chasing the glory days of the 16-bit Nintendo stuff, right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. so, like, when you look around and you play games, even, like, uh, Guacamole or something like that, right? Like, it's set up like a Metroid game. I mean, you can see any of these guys take a stab at drink a box. classic. Yeah, you yeah, can, drink you box can see them. Awesome. Figure out how to make a, a great Nintendo game. I was thinking about that. I think Drinkbox would knock it out the park for a, yeah. a Metroid game. I also think Image and Form, who made um, uh, SteamWorld Dig, would do a really cool portable Metroid game. Yeah. Um, I think they just really – like that. They, they built something there that really worked. It was really beautiful. It, it uh, translated well across all platforms. Um, I think uh, Yacht, Club, Yacht Club Games could also do something amazing. Those were the makers of Shovel Totally. Mind. I want to yeah, see Yacht Club Games do – it would be better for Mega do, Man, but it could be anything. I want to see Yacht Club Games do the uh, Duck Hunt, Dog, and, and Duck game. Oh, that we man. deserve now. I need to hear that elevator pitch one after, day. No, I, like I, it's 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 a it's a it's a platforming <laughs> game. It's like a co-op platforming game where one character. It's it's sort of like a two D Banjo Kazooie starring the Duck Hunt dog and and uh, a duck. Okay. In pixel art, uh, I also I want to rob the robot game because. I mean, why you not? You had one, Gyromite. You didn't like it. I want a new one that isn't <laughs> forty years old and broken. <laughs> I like Gyromite, if yeah. only for its music. Yeah, okay. that could be that could be cool. I mean, I I don't know about. Uh, I, I think Zelda's in good, in really good hands right now. Yeah, I don't need a Zelda spinoff. I don't, we I don't have think one. we need another one of mm -hmm. those. Um, we get. I feel like we get. We get enough like weird Yoshi and Kirby games. That's kind of like their their dumping ground for uh, strange new ideas they have. They take those some of those characters. They were doing it with Donkey Kong for a little while with things like King of Swing, which was a game controlled See, entirely by a, the shoulder yep, buttons. Yep. But this is a tough sell for Nintendo because I, I, my per, at least my knowledge of how Nintendo works with indies right now. I mean, I know we're dealing in a theoretical universe right here, but Nintendo does not Nintendo doesn't have a pub fund like Nintendo doesn't upfront pay for the cost of development from an indie an indie takes on that risk 
and then Nintendo, you know, promotes them on the eShop. Or has taken on the risk. Or has taken on the risk, exactly. Like, so I don't even know if any of this would even be possible. I just want to shoot that I I mean, I think it could. Like, if, think of all the, the... Pokemon puzzle and Yoshi puzzle spin-offs Nintendo has done over the years. Those weren't indies. Where no no but but where I could see Nintendo paying a development studio, a small studio to to make this for them. And they've done this in Japan, right? They're all these like when you look at a Nintendo made game, you get like weird names like Umbrella Corp and like mm-hmm. all these, you know, smaller studios that were funded by Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I could see them do this like if Nintendo was more active in development in the U.S. to actually well, go to some of the you see that in Japan Indies. because yeah. there are companies in Japan. You don't see that kind of stuff happen in North America, and I think that's a missed opportunity. The only question is if indies want that, right? The The reason why indies are indies and sometimes very capable um, developers uh, is because they don't want to do the same thing twice and they want to own their own brands too, right? Like the world of Goo Guys, for example, we know are very capable developers. I'm sure they've been pitched by others to make a game for them, don't you think? Oh, yeah. And they're like, right. I'm sure they've been pitched to make World of Goo too as well. And well, they probably said, no, no, we want to do a game where you burn stuff in the That's the point of going right? indie. You know? Sure. Yeah. And a lot, of, a lot of people don't know this, but indie studios sometimes between uh, games and projects will actually drum up an, uh, a, a concept game for a major studio. Like they'll, a small studio will be like, this is our mock-up for Castlevania. And they'll do concept art and they'll, mm-hmm. they'll have a, a playable version of it, a very vertical slice. And they'll bring it to them. And if they say yes, then sure, they're, they, they've bought their, their next thing. But yeah. um, it, it's very rare where something like that actually comes through. I think we need a separate segment uh, every other week called the Brian Altano uh, Elevator Pitch, where you pitch a crazy I'm totally game. down for that. All right, I'm we should totally try down. that. Yeah, we have a couple of weird experiments coming up in NBC. Okay, so look I got to run, actually. To that. All right, so this is our last question. Is that cool? Or you have to go right now? No, I got to go. Okay, go. All right, I love you guys. Yeah. We love you, too. Peace. Thanks for having I'll me. I'll pretend to be Brian when he's gone. All right, cool. Happy Amiibo Day tomorrow. Yeah, Yay. Smash Brothers. Enjoy. All right, last question. It's just me and you, Pear. The pressure. The pressure. All right. This comes from, how do you say his name? I don't want to get it wrong. Which one? U-M-A-I-R. Umer? Umer? Okay. Umer, I just want to be sure. Umer. I thank you for emailing that, us. man. So what do you guys think about Nintendo creating an entirely separate line of games? Call it the a- HD Remix uh, Collection or what have you, in which Nintendo promises 12 to 15 remade games per year from the N64, GameCube, and Wii. My thoughts. You guys have alluded yourselves that Nintendo has a host of games screaming to be remade in HD. So Mario 64 and Sunshine, of course, but what about games even like Metroid Prime or F-Zero, for example, the uh, uh, F-Zero GX, yes. Nintendo has been on a roll lately, uh, and sh- you know he read an article on IGN about more spinoff games, but still additional revenue streams is much needed, and with the host of games that they can convert to HD on the Wii U, they should totally capitalize on it and market a new brand line of games, slash line of games. Loyal Nintendo fans, I can only assume, would scoop up every title. Uh, okay. I'm kind of skipping ahead, but let's go. What do you think? Well, I'm all for it. I, I like I like remakes of good games, and in some cases, they were games that were perfectly playable back in the uh, back in the days, but suffered from slowdown or some other issues that actually kept them from being the best they could be that you could fix now very easily. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, like an HD collection for Metroid Prime would be absolutely wonderful. I think that would be fantastic if they put the time in to make it to make it like a significant upgrade well and I think that's the problem I think uh, with this pitch of 12 to 15 remake games per year that seems like a lot that is Um, a lot that is way too much and I say that because when you look at when Nintendo remakes a game they don't just remake a game they take a lot of quality and care and you know something like even this Majora's Mask remake 
we learned uh, because Al Numa has been putting the details out there on Miiverse, started development right after Ocarina of Time 3D shipped. And it has taken a while to get out the door because they decided to take a bit more time. And when you're talking about like Mario 64, Hmm. when you're talking about even F-Zero GX, like those ports I don't think are, well, maybe F-Zero GX case, it's an easier port. But in Mario 64's case, Mario is Nintendo's baby. Like there is no way a Mario game is going out the door unless it is 100% up to a certain standard. And any updates to the geometry would kind of alter how, you know, like how far you can jump and how the terrain feels and everything. So it's probably not that easy to upgrade unless you just want to run the game in HD and say, all right, everything just is going to look blocky except for Mario. You could could absolutely do that. Which you've seen them do. They're also, you know, like when you see like those big kind of bowling balls rolling around, they actually sprites in the game, right? Like all that kind of stuff that wouldn't fly today, you would have to replace. The assets would would either need an update or they would need you to just squint your eyes or do something because and, yeah, and then it would the, be a challenge. And then the moment you are doing that and you're loading more stuff uh, into RAM, um, you're opening a door to go into a room and in the old game it just opened you in that room and the new one it's going to load, right? Yeah. Like you actually have to then probably redo the entire game to actually stream the assets yeah, and like yeah. it is not that easy to do it justice. But would I love a Mario 64 remake with modern kind of galaxy galaxy style graphics? Oh man, yeah, it'd be so good. Or just good. adding like or take Galaxy and add planets onto it via, I mean I hate DLC is a dirty word but whatever, like add mm-hmm. on to those universes over time through Amiibo or something that's fine. And I like your pitch, Amir. I think that's really awesome, the, like, sort of an HD collection or HD remix of Nintendo games. I just think that um, it would have to be far fewer games. Um, finally got that right. And uh, nice. it, would have to, <laughs> it would have to just be done a certain way because Nintendo just has a certain stamp of quality. But one, one remake per quarter would be amazing. Like if it you would. actually did, you know, you can now go back to the Wii and the GameCube and those games still look pretty good, but they can benefit from the uprising, right? Mm-hmm. Like as Wind Waker has shown, um, they could definitely do like a Mario Galaxy collection, right? Mm-hmm. That feels special and not just as a as a cash in. Yeah, um, not just like the 25th anniversary one, where it was one of the lowest amounts of effort I've ever seen a company take on a on a 24th anniversary co- 25th yeah, anniversary yeah. collection. Yeah, Remember yeah. the one on Wii where it was just the tiniest art book, no fanfare. It's a nice package, but it wasn't yeah. really anything special. Um, I'd like to see them do that. No, I. I How did Wind Waker do? Did Wind Waker do all right? We've heard it did all right, but we don't have a number. They've never touted a number publicly. I think it'd be a different story too if, like, the Wii U was just the console was selling really fast, but they needed more software. I think maybe spinning off some yeah. some classic games like that. Well, they are in a position where the only, where they're the the company making a majority of their games right now. Yeah. As far as like retail software goes, like Watch Dogs Wii U came in the office the other day. It felt like an event. I have to be honest with you. It felt really weird to sit down and play a third-party Nintendo game. (laughs) It did. It totally did. Like, I don't know. When we boot it up, we're like, oh, this looks all right. Yeah, Yeah. this looks okay. What surprised. When was the last last time that happened? Uh Oh, God. All right. Well, there we go. Thank you very much for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. As you know, we are a weekly podcast on RGN, but we are not the only podcast on RGN. In fact, we have uh, Podcast Unlocked, which is an excellent show about the Xbox. Uh, uh, Podcast Beyond, which is a very widespread and popular show about the PlayStation experience. Uh, We have Keeping It Real for Movies and so much more. On top that we also have videos features articles news you name news you name it that's right all here right for you we also have a smash brothers review in progress with some of you which some of you are very happy about and some of you are not 
But we promise there's a score coming real that's, soon once we play online. I, li- I mean, I like the approach you're taking that you want to make sure to test the game with the online components running in the wild and everything before scoring it. I think it's important to make sure that people get the whole story rather than just kind of a you know, a snippet of the game. So yeah. I, I think that's cool. Cool. By the way, if you if you like IGN, you want to support what we do, we also offer a subscription service. It's called IGN Prime. Yep. If you just go to IGN.com slash Prime, um, you can become a member. We give away games for, um, you know, usually for PC and some download codes UK every, got every a, month. UK right got now a it's cool gift la- oh, uh, yeah? a month ago. Yeah, they had... Pokemon demo codes for Ooh. anyone who was a Prime subscriber a month ago. So when Pokemon Ru- uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire were on there, that's way. right. That was we dope. had uh, this month. We've got Guacamole for PC um, as a as a free game. So there's good stuff like that. But you know, primarily it's you're subscribing to support IGN. You're saying you love what we do. You can turn off ads on IGN and on on, on our native apps on uh, on mobile phones as well. Um, so if you like us, you know, become a member. If not, we still love you. That's Just, right. Check out our articles and and click on uh, this, click on everything. This podcast just costs you ten bucks. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, lastly, if you like NVC and have feedback, please send us an email to nvc at ign.com. Let us know what you think of the show, or send in a question of the week. And if you do, put in the subject line Q O T W, so we know what uh, basically the email is. Uh, so let's sign off. Twitter handles. Uh, you can find Brian Altano at. Agent Brazzes and something. Oh, <laughs> Agent gonna, Bizzle. I thought you were going to do an impression. Agent do Bizzle. Some I can't. Or something. Brap, brap. I can't. Okay. Uh, you, can find, <laughs> you can find Per Schneider at... Per IGN. And you can find myself, Jose underscore Otero on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. And happy Smash and all that, I guess, if that's a day on the calendar. November 21st is here for North America. So go out. Check it out. It's an awesome game. And fun. You can, you can see the review on IGN. Bye. herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.